2: This
1: is the best of two pros in a couple of Joe with Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio.
3: The uh, Jimmy Garoppolo um, situation with the 49ers is. Really bizarre. It's it's just awkward. The whole thing the whole thing is weird. Uh, Kyle Shanahan yesterday uh, upon uh, the news that came out that Jimmy Garoppolo staying in San Francisco. He reworked contract. He's going to be there. No trade clause included and all that stuff. Uh, Kyle Shanahan spoke yesterday about the situation, not only with Jimmy Garoppolo, but how this affects Trey Lance, a new starter.
1: We were always clear to Jimmy that him salary cap wise and stuff in a backup role um, and supporting Trey in that. And if if that worked for him, that was a no-brainer for us. We just didn't think the chances of that were going to happen. And it ended up being that way. So when it was all said and done, even though it was pretty shocking to us, we thought it was a win-win for both sides. We feel very strongly given the keys to Trey. Um, we were really excited of what we thought that could do for our team as a whole. And we're excited about everything he's done and all these opportunities he's gotten throughout this offseason. And I can't wait to get him started on our team in Week 1. And having Jimmy there as a backup makes us feel really good because we, we have a starting quarterback as a backup. The rest of the league had a chance to get him. And... I'm just so feel so fortunate that he's still here in that case. Man, this is Oh my
4: god.
5: The
1: rest of the league had a chance to get him.
5: What the hell happened? Can I ask you guys a question before we go (laughs) like any further? And I know this is probably one cue that you can answer. When you have a a no-trade clause, you can still be traded. It just has to be mutually agreed upon, correct? Correct, yeah. That's one of the biggest
6: misconceptions with it is that people think, oh, he's got a no-trade clause, he's going to get traded. It's like, no, he has the right to refuse the trade if it's not the team that he wants to go to. So technically, if something would happen, now that he's under control, under contract with the 49ers again, um, he could he could just say, yeah, no, I'm not going there, which which is interesting. Like, it's interesting they gave him that within this one-year deal and one-year structure, which San Francisco's probably betting like, yeah, this is really unlikely it's going to happen. But I, I sense, <laughs> I don't know how you listen to Kyle Shanahan when he says that. I don't want to say it sounds like sarcasm. It does sound like, you know, there's, there's maybe some animosity there. There's something there. And I don't know if it's a matter of, The fact that had Jimmy Garoppolo not gotten surgery, he wouldn't be here right now. We wouldn't be having this conversation had Jimmy Garoppolo not had surgery. He would have been traded. Like, that's flat out the truth, and San Francisco has admitted as such. So the fact now that he's back, I I honestly feel like it's a problem that Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to acknowledge, doesn't want to admit, but now it exists, even though I think it does put their team in a better position to sustain this season, if there's a Trey Lance injury, or even if he plays poorly, like you can go back to Jimmy G, whether it's Kyle Shanahan wants to do that or not, because he's been successful there.
5: I, I mean, I think there's a, again, I think there's a there's layers to this, and and there is that side of it, and I think that that side of it is sensible. I mean, to redo your contract, to be able to stay and and be in a, you know, accepting. Place of this is a backup role for you. Again, I think I think based under the circumstances, Jimmy Garoppolo is is playing this like a boss. I really do. Sometimes pride comes before the fall, and and if you're not too prideful about something, you can actually end up being right where you want it to be or further along. But just by seemingly taking a few steps backwards and and while it may look like he's he's taking a step back, he he restructures where it fits, it gives him a one year deal and. He takes he takes this backup role. It says to me, he's putting his he pushed all his chips into the front end into the middle of the table. Listen, I get my my arm fixed, repaired. I'm throwing, I'm healthy, I'm ready to go. I get to continue to get healthier in in a backup role, a limited role. And all the pressure really goes on Cal Shanahan and and really uh, you know, the new quarterback, Trey Lance. And if I'm if I'm looking at it and I'm a betting man and I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, he probably did this because he probably believes at some point in time they will call on him to be a part of this team in a starting role before too long. Now, how too long is, I don't know. But if that is the case and that's what ends up playing out and he has this no-trade clause – and has the ability to go in there and play his value back up once again man I, it's a masterful move if it plays out the way that it looks like it could possibly play out
3: I, I think it's hilarious I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo has played this if we're, if we're talking about all right who's you know who's winning this battle this back and forth who's winning the negotiation Jimmy Garoppolo checkmate just co- literally called their bluff oh, So you guys are ready to move on, even though I've done some things here that everybody scoffs at multiple years in a row. We've talked about this. There's been a rumor that they're bringing in another quarterback or they go out and trade up a bunch of picks to go draft a guy multiple years in a row. Garoppolo never said a thing, never complained about it, never pulled a Baker Mayfield, said nothing, kept quiet. As when he's healthy, takes him to a Super Bowl. When he's uh, even closer to being healthy and then ends up getting banged up, they go to an NFC title game. And he never said anything, never made a peep, never complained about any of that stuff when the team has shown him multiple times in a row, hey, we think we could do better. We're going to go flirt with this guy. We're going to go bring this quarterback in, or we're going to go draft this guy. And so Jimmy Garoppolo is looking around going, oh, yeah? Okay, I'm going to go get a surgery. What's the trade value like now? And then I'm going to go ahead and hang out here while you guys figure figure this whole thing out. And then all of a sudden, he's they come back to him and say, OK, let's try and get a deal done here. We'll bring you back as a backup quarterback. And I totally agree. I think at some point, at some point, He's going to get an opportunity to start games this year and I think the whole thing is hilarious how this has turned out because multiple years in a row they've told him and showed him we don't buy into you we're going to go in a different different direction and now they have to buy in and they just did so by bringing him back. I think can it's great. Uh,
6: can I throw this out there? So I remember calling a 49ers game when Jimmy G first got there and it was during that period where he got traded during the season from New England and you know, I, I think there were some people who were really excited about it, and there were some people who weren't as excited about it and weren't necessarily ready to commit to Jimmy G the way maybe other people within the organization were. Now, if you recall, he won, what, the last five games? I think it was they went 5-0. and yeah. he, he played pretty well despite the fact that he just got there, right? And so they ended up agreeing to that you know, extension, and then there's the report that comes out that, hey, Jimmy G went silent after signing that deal. I'll be honest with you. I I feel like there may be some animosity or something going on since that point. Like between the people who maybe weren't sold on Jimmy G or weren't as big of a fan of Jimmy G and then things kind of always working out when Jimmy G's healthy with the exception of, what, one season a couple years ago where they go 3-3 and and he got banged up. I mean, he's been really good for this organization, for this team. I mean, it's hard to ask for much more than in two of the last three years – going to two NFC Championship games and one Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and and yet, you know, to to, the, to his point, should he feel, you know, slighted by the organization? Sure. What other quarterback in the NFL are we looking at trying to replace that has done that? Jeez. I, I can't think of one. Like, I can't think of one that, if, when he's healthy, has taken this team to the NFC Championship game twice in the Super Bowl once. Now, I, I get it. It's all about winning the Super Bowl. That's all that matters. But there has to be a little bit of grace here in saying, all right, we can understand why Jimmy G would be frustrated. Because it, it does feel like since the time he got here, there's some people who have never been a fan or, or, have, or have already kind of held something against him for every reason. So I, I just – I tend to get a sense or a feeling that, you know, Shanahan's saying that very reluctantly. And I don't know if it's a personal thing. Maybe it's the coaching style of Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is he's drafted into – A hard coaching uh, style and Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels and those who were there in New England when he got there. Maybe it has something to do with that. But it seems like there's a lot of frustration between the two parts. And it seems like sitting in a quarterback room where, mind you, people don't seem to understand, you spend hours in the quarterback room. You know the other quarterbacks better than you know your girlfriend, your wife, your partner, whatever. You know them better than that. Like I could have told you back in the day when I first got into Cleveland, when I was with Derek Anderson and Ken Dorsey, all their idiosyncrasies, like every single habit they had, what kind of coffee those guys would like or drink or or like, hey, if I'm grabbing something, I know what to get them. Because we spent so much time together breaking down film, doing installs, QB school back in the day. You spend hours with one another. I mean, Kyle Orton, even Tim Tebow, like all, all the little things, like you spend so much time with one another. So that's where I just I – think, I, I think they look at the situation, they're like, oh, God, this is going to be awkward. This is a <laughs> lot of time, a lot of time where we're going to be watching a guy go play in Trey Lance, and we know that we could probably get more consistent, higher-level play from Jimmy Garoppolo this season right now. And, and Jimmy's got to sit behind and watch that and be the one standing there going, here I am. You let me know when you want to come to me and if you guys want to play better football.
3: It, the whole thing is so who's
5: odd, got man. Who's got more pressure on them right now going into the season? Trubisky or Lance? Trey Lance.
3: I think Trubisky knows what the, what the situation yeah, that, is.
6: That, yeah, that, that light at the end of the tunnel that Dan Campbell talks about on Hard Knocks. Yeah. It's not a light. It's a freight train. <laughs> oh, you just better no. buckle down. I think Trubisky knows that, that that's what he's dealing with.
3: <laughs> yeah, especially when he hears the crowd respond to Kenny Pickett the way they do. I think yeah. Trey You know what my favorite part is when people go, well, you know, I mean, look what the... Uh, I, we know what the 49ers were doing. Look at what the Chiefs were doing with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. First of all, Trey Lance is in Patrick Mahomes. Secondly, Alex Smith, and I love Alex Smith, he had, Jimmy Garoppolo has done things in this league that Alex Smith has not done, and he's taken his team to a Super Bowl, and he's gotten them to that big game, and he's gotten them to conference championship games. It's not even like the, the same comp isn't even uh, applicable in this situation. This this whole thing, I, I wonder what the, what the leash is going to be like if Kyle Shanahan, maybe if he does hold a grudge, Brady, maybe Kyle Shanahan says, no, under no circumstances are we going to Jimmy. It's not happening. He's not getting playing time, and they're just going to have to wear it. And if that's the case, aren't you a little bit more questioning what the Niners are going to be like this year? Like Just just looking at that situation, seeing how awkward it is, I, all of a sudden I'm a little bit more skeptical on how good the 49ers are going to be this year. I don't know. The, the whole thing, I don't think anybody saw that this was going to be how this
6: wrapped up. It was either right. going to get cut or traded or, or who knows what. Uh, let me throw this question out quickly to you guys. So that being said – who's the finger pointed at at the end of the season? If this is a team that you know went to the NFC Championship game last year and now they wanted to go to Trey Lance probably a year early, maybe a little premature, they probably could have figured out a way of letting Jimmy G play and then let Trey Lance take over next year. Um, I mean, is it Kyle Shanahan? I mean, it's because it, here's the reality is they've only won games when Jimmy Garoppolo has been their starter with Kyle Shanahan. Yep.
5: I think Cal Shanahan will get the brunt of it. But I I certainly believe that the brunt of that that pressure will come because you still have Jimmy Garoppolo on your your squad. So you got to bring John Lynch into the scenario because you didn't delete the clear and present danger of the person you had all that success with.
3: Yeah, it's uh, that's what I would say. What a what a what a fun story this has been to watch and cover. It well, is uh,
5: it's a win win for everybody. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> if Trey Lance does great, it's like oh wow. Well, how will Garoppolo handle this? And if Trey Lance doesn't, it's like oh wow. How will Trey Lance handle this? Yeah,
3: it's, uh, the, it's the, the whole thing's fun.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com.
3: Who would have thought, who would have thought that the Little Rock Touchdown Club in Arkansas, where we have many fine affiliates, where people are listening in the beautiful state of Arkansas, that they would be at the center of uh, you know an interesting conversation and a return. If you were wondering what happened to John Gruden, uh, if you were wondering whether or not John Gruden uh, has any aspirations about maybe making a return back to the NFL at some point, well, he spoke yesterday at the Little Rock Touchdown Club about the situation, the emails that came out, his firing,
4: etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Here was the former Raiders head coach. I'm not going to um, say anything but honest things here. I'm ashamed about uh, what has uh, come about in these emails, and I'll make no uh, excuses for it. It's just it's it's shameful. But uh, I am a good person. I believe that. I, I'm I, I go to church. I've been married for 31 years. I got three great boys. I still love football. I've made some mistakes but I don't think anybody else in here hasn't. Uh, and I just ask for forgiveness and hopefully I get another shot. I get choked up, you know, because uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding out there right now. What you read, what you hear, what you watch on TV. Hell, I worked at ESPN for nine years. I worked hard at that job. I don't even wanna watch the channel anymore uh, because I don't believe everything is true. Uh, and I know a lot of it is, is just trying to get people to watch. But I think we got to get back to reality. And that's why I look forward to Saturdays because you're going to get what you deserve when the whistle blows. And we'll see if the Razorbacks can get after Cincinnati, which I hope they do. Yeah. Let
3: me tell you something, man. That's how you close it right there. Knowing the audience, all right? Bring it all the way back around, apologize, talk about how you went to church, bury ESPN, and then bring it all the can way back around full circle. Can I
5: jump in. I call that the I, Turkey hole. I, listen, I know Q is the, the college expert here, but can I just just jump in to on well he is the college i'm sorry <laughs> you're man. not but he is. um <laughs> let me just start by saying this um knowing your audience is is a great way of of putting it because i mean for me i'm sitting here and you know what i'm thinking about it's like who like what part of the country would it make sense to say, you know, the things that he said, and asked <laughs> for forgiveness, and, and, and rock, you yeah. know, those, those, you know, those emails weren't as bad as I thought they were, or, and I'm still a good person, and I got good kids, and <laughs> I go to church every Sunday. It sounded like, yeah, it sounded like it kind of fit, you know, geographically where he was, um, you know, in in the country. I mean, now. if he
3: was speaking, if he was okay. speaking in L.A. County, he'd be wearing a mask
6: that's true um can i just yeah. say this john and, and gruden uh, messed a, a, up the order a cootie mask by,
5: mask, by the way right
6: but me. he messed up the order you have to cry <laughs> while you're doing the like remorseful apology about the emails you cry then you don't cry after the fact like it was <laughs> such a quick pivot to butt like can we play that sound again real quick and just cut it <laughs> off that listen to how quick he gets to like the good person
4: part and it's the uh, the first one the first uh clip i'm yeah. not going to um, say anything but honest things here i'm ashamed about uh what has uh, come about in these emails and i'll Should make no drag. uh excuses Wait for it, it. It's, it just, it's, it's it's shameful should've but yeah of course and i believe that yeah. I, i'm I, I go to church i've been married for 31 years i got three great boys i still sure. love football i've made some mistakes uh. Yeah, we're but I don't think anybody oh, that,
5: we're we're All I know um, is if yeah, that was yeah, the, on the Dave Chappelle yeah. show, he would have said something
6: Not like then. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, here's, here's what I know. I've got an uncle who taught me this. You know, It's like no one is really trying to say anything meaningful before the butt. <laughs> that's just all the stuff it's they feel like up. they need to say in order right. to appease whoever it is out there, whether it's the audience, the, the listeners, the people at B. What that person who's speaking really wants you to understand and hear is the second part. It's what comes after the but. Yeah, and that's right. where you could tell he's so quickly – Wanted to move on to. I'm a good person. I go to church. Okay. I'm pretty sure we've had some serial killers who also went to church. Let's not like (laughs) use church as the barometer for whether or not you're a good person. Yeah. All right. I I, I go to church. I'm not going to justify that as that's why I'm a good person. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he believes he's a good man. Look, and I'm not going to be one to sit here and say John Gruden shouldn't get a second chance in some capacity. The truth of the matter is we already have a difficult time hiring candidates who are, are worthy or have had the experience, whether they are in the majority or minority. We already have a hard time doing that alone. So to give a guy who did this a second chance as a head coach, to me, no. But you, if you want to be involved in some way, some capacity, okay. If you want to mentor a younger head coach, Okay. Like, I've I've said this before about a lot of the legal issues that these players get involved with for things that they do off the field, criminal or not. You know, everyone deserves a second chance. It just just doesn't mean you get that second chance in the NFL. Like, I think it's a a privilege. It's not a right that you get to go back to it, regardless of your credentials. Like, at some point, there has to be morality. At some point, there has to be, you know, somebody's going to take a stance and say, yeah, we get it. You're a good coach, and and you're ashamed of what you did, and we're not going to throw a stone at your glass house because we've made mistakes too in our lives and all that. The difference is we're not trying to be a head coach again in the NFL. And, and that's, that's where I think this is getting to is he's basically trying to already s- plant the seeds for making that comeback at some point. And he's 59 years old, so when you look at Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, obviously he's got a lot of years left ahead of him. But why not go to a lower level and coach at college? Or why not go back to something that's more impactful If you're gonna rebuild yourself as a coach, because someone will give you a chance, someone will give you an opportunity. I just don't deserve. He, de- you know, I don't believe he deserves it right now in the NFL.
3: But and the way that he was talking, didn't that kind of sound like a college coach trying to sell you on on coming to the university or trying to sell you on the program and all? Like that's why I was. I'm hearing him talking and go NFL's not happening. Nobody's going to give him another shot. And also, when you see the list of first round picks of the Raiders after uh, Leatherwood got cut yesterday, and you go, a lot of people were trying to point fingers and say, "Oh man, uh, Mike Mayock, Mike Mayock, this." Something tells me john gruden had his hands all over the early round draft picks it's, with the raiders it, and it's not something tells you that
6: it's well known Whoa. that's why there's a lot of there was a lot of media pundits out there who actually kind of came to the fence of mike mayock like hey that was a more complicated process in the drafting then i mean let's be real it's john gruden john gruden had the yeah. final say for all of that and dave ziegler and now josh mcdaniels have basically said yeah we're, we're moving on from all of these players none of these guys fit the scheme what we're looking for the character culture we're looking for. And by the way, it's not a knock on the players, as in they're, they can't play in the NFL, they can't do it. They just don't fit what Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are looking for. But it also happens to be a little bit damning in the in the sense that, you know, a first-round draft pick on the offensive line that you'd think they could use them, they move on from in year two. Like, I, I that's that's a rare, rare, rare deal. I can't think of... Another first round pick that's well, it's been you know moved on from in two years or, or in a second year before you even get to year two, so it's it's more of an indictment on on Gruden as you know a, a personnel guy. He was awful in Tampa. He inherited a great roster there built by Tony Dungy, and you know he was he's kind of bad to some degree with Las Vegas, at least in regards to drafting, which was his say. He did have the final say.
3: Um. Mm. Obviously, we think he's not going to be back as an NFL head coach, even though he wants to be back.
5: I mean, it sounded like he may have been alluding to college a little bit, you guys don't think? It could have been. Well,
3: I, could I I, have, I think that college last is a possibility. Part,
5: that last uh, part of what he said, it almost was like he was almost like F, F the NFL. He was like where it's at is on Saturdays, you know, and I don't know if it was because of the audience that he was talking to, but it almost sounded like he was – Pro strong college football.
6: Right. You can still get ten million a year in college. So that's what yeah, he's making I mean, in Las you Vegas. You can get that yeah. now. But yeah. it, it, here's here's the thing that bothers me about his speech. You guys know where John Gruden's from? Where'd Is it from? Ohio? Yeah. Born and raised in Sandusky, Ohio. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then it, where'd he go to college? University of Dayton. Mm. This, this guy, this John Gruden guy, he's an Ohio <laughs> good. guy. It's a and he's down burden. there in Little Rock, Arkansas. It's almost, it's almost like he's, you sound like you're from
5: Ohio. That's uh, a good he's, one.
6: He's, try, he's trying to root for the Razorbacks. And meanwhile, this guy who went to school near Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio, can't, can't pull for the Bearcats? <laughs> he's not an Ohio guy. I think- <laughs>
3: Get out of here with that. Yeah, yeah, well, again, I mean, he knew what
5: he was talking to. When you're apologizing about what he's apologizing for, I think he started in the right place. That's can't all can't I'm end say. with
6: go Bearcats,
5: you know? That's yeah. Okay.
6: yeah, you can't go
2: with
3: it. Listen, right, I'm gonna uh, leave that alone.
5: Uh, Okay, I'm gonna if, leave if you that alone. all
3: right, if you think that if we all agree, NFL returning as a coach not happening, maybe college that's a possibility. What about as a broadcaster? Do you think a network would bring him back? Obviously not ESPN because he just basically took a flamethrower to him right there in that
6: clip. I, I, um, I don't even want to say. I'm not going to comment on this. What do you mean? I'm not going
4: to comment. What are on you this. talking
3: about? I mean, it I'm feels not like. I, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that a coach who left the NFL on on difficult circumstances and stories could make a return to broadcasting. I don't know what's what's so funny about this. There's, right. no,
6: yeah, there's no networks that have done that. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. you. I don't know
3: why you I mean. oh, Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> you. I'm just saying, man, you know, like there is there is an avenue like there is a path if Gruden wants to be a broadcaster again and we can knock the guy as a coach and as a personnel guy. I thought he was a great broadcaster for ESPN. No, it's not going to be at ESPN, no, no, not at ESPN but, uh, but I, I, I thought Gruden was was really uh, did it did a fine job as a, you know, as an analyst for uh, for ESPN. I just wonder you know, if there was any possibility that a coach um, who left under di- difficult circumstances Circumstances could uh, potentially make a return to the broadcasting booth. You know, that would ever be a possibility. But again, who knows? I mean, probably not this day and age based on all the other stuff out there.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
3: it's time uh the old p petros papadakis he is the co-host of the petros and money show on the blowtorch am 570 la sports fox college football analyst petros what the hell's happening good morning. good morning good
7: morning good morning everybody hello to you guys hey, hey. Petros. vacation or something uh, yeah Natz yeah. was yeah oh, okay yeah because people were texting me like what happened to the show and i was like i have no idea they They exist on a different plane than I do. I just show up on Wednesdays.
3: Well, I mean, nice. uh, I was in uh, Hawaii, and I was listening to you call the Utah State game from altitude. Yeah, I, I mean, you sounded great, gripes.
7: Petros. I got some great Did you go Petros. watch Vandy put it down on on Hawaii?
3: <laughs> no. I, I saw Hawaii look, looked okay early, and then I turned my head and turned back, and they were down like 50 or something. They scored I mean, a
7: touchdown, and then they went down by 55. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Poor Timmy yeah.
3: Chang. I know. It's terrible. They look bad, man. Yeah, it looked they look really uh, bad. Hey, you
6: know awkward. who didn't look good either in the first half was uh was utah state i was i was really upset by that outcome there because uh someone may have may have uh, saw that point spread and been like oh utah state looks like a team <laughs> that should be able to take care of uconn petros but that's called your boy
7: happen. well who does utah state play this week uh bama yeah, yeah. they might have yeah. slept walk through that one a little bit you think so they were looking I think they were looking a little bit forward to Alabama but that being said if we are going to break down the Utah State UConn game I thought UConn played hard they played their ass off they lost their starting quarterback their best receiver and pretty much their whole game plan in the first couple series of the game and they kind of hung in there and played defense and Had a great-looking little linebacker, not little. They ran the
6: crap out of the football.
7: Yeah, they ran the ball well, but Utah State's not too interested in stopping the run either. So (laughs) anyway, that yeah, they they did look a little lackadaisical in the game, but I understand with Alabama looming and a team that didn't look like it could compete with you offensively as far as just volume goes uh, in front of you. So we'll see. This week I have uh, Kent State. The Golden Flash, yeah. yeah, at Washington. All
3: right, so
7: yeah, the, the debut of Kalen DeBoer.
3: So you you traveled. You were in Logan, Utah, last week, and now you're going to be up in Seattle. That's you know, great. I don't travel. What do you mean? Oh, I no
7: longer Jonas. travel. Are you what? trying to embarrass no, me or I'm not, something?
3: No, I'm not, because I heard you and Alex Faust make a joke about how you guys were at altitude. I thought it was funny. I don't know if anybody caught it during the broadcast. I, I didn't thought it was make good. joke. Alex did. It was fine. I'm sure it was hilarious. It was good. Very interesting. <laughs> no, hey, look, I go fun. to work.
7: I'm so tired of everybody bugging me about <laughs> where the game. I call the game where they tell me to call the game. <laughs>
5: Hey, what's your hottest topic for the show today? For your show,
7: I have nothing. Have, oh wow! It's five in the morning. I oh. have. Uh, well, let's see, Lavar. Uh, the Dodgers. I just beat want to talk about what
5: you're no, interested about.
7: You l- I, let's let's do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Dodgers and the Mets <laughs> played last night. Okay. Four to three, I believe, or something. Was the game or three to two? The Dodgers dominated in every phase of the game. It was supposed to be a big series because they're supposed to run into each other in the playoffs. So everybody was paying attention because of the the lack of interest in August baseball. This one kind of had people's interest. So I guess we'll talk about that. Uh, I watched a cool movie from the 70s by Wim, Wim Wenders called An American Friend which was a different uh, adaptation of a Thomas uh, Ripley book, the, the books by Patricia Highsmith, like Believe the talents of Mr. Ripley. Right. No, no, the other, okay.
5: Oh, the other uh, one. I'm, yeah. sorry.
7: I'm sorry. No, anything else?
5: No, no, you tell. Her. I mean, you I, go I ahead, Jonas. Uh, Why aim. don't you
7: come by the studio and see how we call a game from <laughs> uh, from the Fox? Lot. <laughs> Listen, well, come get your boy
6: Brady. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what his tactic is. He just he just got back from a, a nice
3: vacation. What do you mean? Water, I, so. I I thought it was funny they were uh, they were making mention of it, and I don't know if anybody caught okay. that during can the I, broadcast. Can I transition can I? to
7: Patrick? Well, you mentioned the, the altitude question. during the broadcast because it's hard to breathe for the players. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Broadcasters have no trouble. Talking and uh, <laughs> filling the room with hot air. Well, But yeah. that's why we would
6: mention the altitude. At least um, me. Can, can I ask you this? I, I assume you watched Nebraska Northwestern. and Well,
7: I was preparing for the real slobber knocker between UConn and Utah State. Yeah.
6: I, I, I understand, but I, but I, I assume you've, you've watched and seen kind of what transpired, what happened. I sure did. In your, in your opinion, where does this go for Scott Frost? I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I like been is this there. is this like a few weeks that we're talking about uh, change? Or
7: I remember no, I don't know. Nebraska is an interesting place football wise, and he really is one of their favorite sons. Of course, he is uh, testing them pretty deeply, and we could be having this conversation about Timmy Chang in a yeah. few weeks with Jonas, you know, and his beloved Rainbow <laughs> Warriors after the right. first season. Really, <laughs> I'm joking. Right. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I think yeah. I think uh, when it comes to uh, Scott, I, I remember, I don't know, what was it, like 2018 or something like that? I was in Illinois doing a Nebraska-Illinois game on like a Thursday night. Uh, traveled for that one, Jonas. And, <laughs> and uh, Mike Riley, who was an old, really close old friend of mine and uh, our old coach uh, when I was at USC in the late 90s, offensive coordinator before he took the Oregon State and then the Chargers job, Uh, Mike Riley was walking around and everybody knew he was a dead man walking. And everybody talked about Scott Frost is going to come and save the program and Scott Frost is going to come from UCF and it's only a matter of time before Scott Frost changes everything. And we all felt that way. And everybody thought that it was a perfect fit and it worked beautifully. And now I saw some stat the other day that Frost would have to win, like, his next 50 games to even match Bo Pelini's record. Wow. And Bo Pelini wasn't good enough for Nebraska, right? He wasn't the right guy for Nebraska. They got rid of him. Sure, he was a little wild. And they sent him to Youngstown (laughs) State. So I don't know where they go from here. I don't know what they do. I no longer know what reality is for Nebraska football, and I am one of those, and we've had this conversation for years and years, who is just devastated about what they did to Frank Solich. I blame Notre Dame and Brady Quinn and Tommy Zabikowski for the cutting off the head of the beautiful Veer option. And when they did that... When they, when they cut, you can't put the head back on and make a zombie veer. Well,
6: why can't yeah. they bring it back? <laughs> because, Brady, fear. you
7: of all people know that the veer is like a giant tree. That's like Jonas going and cutting down the banyan tree in China. <laughs> well, okay, can, you know, be you real, can't
6: there, go do it, dude. Well, you, <laughs> can't, you, you, you can't do it because no one wants to come play in that system anymore.
7: That's the what? Well no, well, no one really did anymore at all. In the uh,
6: <laughs> well, no, it does now. Assuredly, maybe back then you get some running backs or people who might might have done it, but now you the beauty ain't getting of any
7: recruits. The beauty of what Nebraska did longer than anybody else did, and Brady is right, there was a recruiting issue, uh, but at the same time, uh, I don't know. They did it with the McaVica brothers, like freaked out walk-ons yeah. from Iowa, you know. But the other thing they were doing was getting elite linemen and things like that, and running uh, army offense, an offense you would run with a team that's not competing for the championship every year, they ran that with elite athletes, you know, Lawrence Phillips and guys like that out there running around. And that's what made it so different and so beautiful, all the way up to the end, to be honest with you. Frank Solich won nine games, and then he got fired. So uh, I, I think everybody in Nebraska would go back to the veer, if they had a choice, they'd never let go of Callahan. They'd never would have gotten away from Coach Osborne's coaching tree. And that's what you do when you try to be like somebody else and you lose your identity.
3: It, Petros, I feel like Scott... Coming up next, the BQ news. <laughs> Wait, by the way, Florida I, day. I remember when we, I think we were talking to you, um, you, were, you had a Nebraska game a couple years ago. I think it was early on in Scott Frost's tenure. And the, the point was, man, why are they a preseason top 25 team? If like, like what what gave anybody hope that this team would be anywhere in the top 25 coming into this season? And I think you even mentioned that Scott Frost told you uh, he tried to keep everybody's expectations low. Yeah, listen, we're trying to focus on this and we're trying. to. I feel like he had the right expectations going into the job more so than anybody else with the program and the fan base. And now you're seeing him try and tell everybody, don't give up on us, don't give up on us. But it feels like everybody has sort of now started to distance themselves. Trev Alberts came in. There was some back and forth as to whether or not he was even going to be back this year. It, It feels like Scott Frost has had the right mindset this entire time, but it's the fan base that maybe has an unrealistic expectation for where the program should be.
7: You know, he is an interesting guy to talk to, and he is kind of a quiet guy in a way. But he was really. I mean, I remember sitting with him and he was like, look, dude, the real black shirts that show up to watch practice that are in their 50s. I want to put a uniform on those guys because we don't have those guys. You know, the, our guys do not walk out of the tunnel and freak everybody out like they used to. And if that's not happening, then it's not really Nebraska football like I I don't know what this is I mean I know it's Nebraska football but it's 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 tough to see because every year the expectations are so high if you've ever been to Lincoln Nebraska it's a really cool place for football they deserve a better football team and program and it's interesting to me people will go to Oklahoma and play and I don't know what's so different between uh, Norman and Lincoln maybe that's an idiot Uh, West Coast elitist, coastal elite attitude that I have because everywhere in the Midwest sort of seems the same to me. But I don't understand why Oklahoma can recruit and Nebraska can't. Does that make sense? No, it uh, it, does. How can Iowa have a 10-game kind of win season every year uh, without uh, any problems or real – well, I guess they've had some problems, but you know what I mean, without a lot of turnover or anything like that. How how come Nebraska can't do it? What's wrong with Nebraska? I don't get they, it.
6: They, they just don't have a foundation and a culture right now, right? Like they kind of after obviously they, they made the transition, tried to go to West Coast Brady. offense. I, of you have to it. Um, Petros? I do want to ask you this question because if you actually look through like the Scott Frost tenure, which he first got there in what 2018 was that when he took over? Uh, yeah, so like it would have been like 2017 when I was out there with Coach Riley. Okay, so. What's interesting now is I always feel like coaches before the transfer portal had to go through this period of like weaning guys out. And I kind of vaguely remember that being sort of the deal. Like early on, like meeting with him, calling some games, he was like, Yeah, we got to get the roster kind of where we need it to be to do what I'd like to do. And and like, it's funny you mentioned the black shirts because he said something along those lines that were similar. I look at now with the transfer portal and I wonder if he had started in 2022. And this was his, you know, or last year, maybe 2021, where you have the ability to flip a roster with the transfer portal. Because, I mean, in that game, you immediately saw Trey Palmer, a wide receiver who had an impact, the other wide receiver uh, who had an impact in that game. Like you saw that. okay, like this is working out. Casey Thompson played great in the first half. Hey, they I could always, have
7: a good year. I mean, I remember Chip oh, yeah. Kelly's first game ever. Remember, uh, it was a disaster. Mike uh, Bellotti ended up on the sideline, and uh, but, 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 Chip but Kelly the was struggling. Is, the guy got punched. You know, do you they think lost. he could
6: turn it, turn it around faster if he had taken over last year or this year, given the rules of the transfer portal? Well, it depends. I mean, can he work
7: the transfer portal? I don't know. I mean, is it always the best? I mean, the transfer player, transfer portal, just that word has become the cap space of college football. It's like, well, who plays for the Lakers? I don't know, but they got cap space. I mean, if you – you know, it's like put, put that name on the back of a jersey. That becomes somebody at a certain point. Like the transfer portal becomes flesh and blood, and it becomes a guy that's out there. And I know I'm not telling you something that you don't already know, but – we just called a game, and the coaches were saying, well, yeah, this guy, safety. We got him. He came in from Florida, and he's special, and he's pushing the defense. And I remember watching the first series and watching a guy from UConn who probably got recruited by Colgate and <laughs> just, like, step on the guy's throat and kick him out of bounds. And I was like, damn, what happened to that guy? What happened to transfer portal guy? Oh, he became flesh and blood. He got dogged out in a real game. Uh, it, you know, saying we got a guy that transferred in, This does not automatically mean you're, you're saved. You know, uh, uh, they, they, you know, we, oh, we filled a gap there with a transfer portal. It's like, okay, well let's, let's play and see what happens. And I think it's going to be really interesting. Like you mentioned, Brady, to see which of these transfer guys come, come, uh, uh, come up and do well and play a, a role on their team and which ones don't. And, which ones uh, caused trouble on their teams and which teams did it right and which didn't. And it, some places it'll be become divisive. You know it will. Uh, so I, I'm interested to see how it plays out in the next few weeks with all these kind of newly formed flipped rosters that you've uh, alluded to. I think it makes this year extremely interesting because we're going to see the fruits of our labors, and some of them may be sour.
3: Uh-huh. Oh, that it's doesn't to necessarily mean
7: bad, though.
5: Sour, sour fruit is good, too.
3: Yeah, come on. Is it?
5: Sour a- fruit? Yeah, some
6: of them. Doesn't that mean it's going bad?
3: Uh, doesn't got mess up mean it's fight. Sour a-
6: is bad. A-
3: by, the a- way, by the way, <laughs> Petros, uh, speaking of Nebraska, where does, uh, before we let you go, where does the neck roll on Corey Schlesinger rank uh, amongst Ooh, your all-time
7: favorites? That's a great question. You know, I always think of Cox. I like oh, uh, Brian oh, Cox. Don't we all. Okay, all right. Don't okay, we all. Guys. There we go. Uh,
3: very good. <laughs> so, Brian Cox is number one. Uh, Corey Schlesinger. South Carolina's
7: got Georgia Southern this week, guys. We <laughs> want to talk about the Cox. <laughs> yeah, uh, we want to make that joke. Uh, what I like is uh, I like the donut of yesteryear that made it look like you had, like, some kind of tumor on your back. <laughs> so, you had... <laughs> You had the, the the just a normal neck roll that was like a tube that like you could use to beat beat somebody with, right? Yeah. Uh, and then That's you get right. the string in it and you tie it in. That's to right. your Shoulder pads, right? Yeah. But then you get the donut. And you put like it on a, the back of it. Yeah, like one of those things that looks like what they would put on, like, a bat when you're doing your uh, warm-ups. That's right, so, <laughs> yeah. And you, put the, and you put the donut on the back, and then you look like a real hunched freak. Yeah. And in the 90s, you go know, with the hangy sleeves, <laughs> and then you get your skinny-ass arms coming out with the hangy sleeves and the yeah. big-ass hunched neck. Yeah. And that's how you roll. Brady wouldn't know that because he's a pretty quarterback type. Oh, you
6: he... think I didn't play weak side linebacker back in the day? Did you have you a Cowboy collar. What did, what did you? Have? You are dead wrong. <laughs> uh, I wore cowboy, cowboy collar. I used to take hot. that thing off on the sidelines when I have to go in and play quarterback.
7: <laughs> know, imagine, imagine switching that back and forth. Uh, <laughs> See now the cowboy collar you we went hey, under, right? Hey, the cowboy that's, collar was like a, was like there.
6: That's some Ohio football for you. A guy who's playing like weak side linebacker that then has to go take it off and <laughs> <to> go play <laughs> quarterback. That it. never, ever has happened in the state of California in high school football ever.
7: <laughs> no, it never. Never happened. happened. What, never what happened. position
6: does he play? Quarterback.
2: And what
7: else?
6: Will. <laughs> yeah. Will linebacker. Wait, this guy's cleaning up in the back. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really take your neck roll off when
3: you would go play quarterback? Yeah. I, I <laughs> mean there was I think we can run
7: Bob and at, uh, at Brady. <laughs> yeah. You right. can try. I am filled that hole quick. Oh, our man. hardest
5: hitter was our quarterback my freshman year. All everything, so I, I'm not yeah. messing with this no, one. No,
7: that does happen a lot of the time. You know, the quarterback is the best player on the team. You see yeah. that at almost every level. It's kind of like playing shortstop. So I can see that Brady. I can see you run into the sideline and Hughes. keep. It, I used okay, to be hey, like,
6: uh, what was the movie with Adam Sandler? And he goes like goes and tackles. Yeah. What was the water, was water Boy? Water, water boy. boy. Yeah. I mean, if, I threw Coach a pick, Petros, if I threw a pick, dude, I swear to you, I would be beelining to that guy trying to end his life. I was so angry about throwing a pick. And I swear to God, I used to make that sound.
7: <laughs> the worst thing ever is we saw the Waterboy uh, the night before we played Stanford in 1998. Oh, that's a win. Know. That's a W. But they used to take us to see movies all the time. And you guess I uh, kicked yeah, their ass. We did win. I scored two touchdowns. There you but, go. Uh, see. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, it was hard for me to shake that nickname for uh, quite some time. The Because of the shame and fury that I played with as well.
6: <laughs> Petrus, I bet you talked a lot of trash, didn't you? No, I couldn't breathe.
2: <laughs> I talked trash with my giant
6: bulged-out eyes.
7: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, get him on Every Twitter. once in a while, I told somebody like I was going to kill their mother or
3: something. <laughs> I love it. And, oh,
7: I did tell one guy that his girlfriend was having sex with another guy on our team. It was a UCLA guy. And, uh, Was it true? Yeah, and he went, and then they took me out. My package came out of the game, uh, and uh, and then he had like what, four. What, your package package? Yeah, you wanna, no, like you know, the two tight end package. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, and, Pac-Man. <laughs> and uh, and he, he went on to have like three sacks in a row, just tossing Carson Palmer into the dirt, like <laughs> all furious and like, was like screaming into the skies, and I was like, maybe I shouldn't have. You know, bad timing there.
3: <laughs> oh man! Well, maybe that's why they unretired his jersey,
7: dude. I Palmer. hope they. Well, I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna have him put a Chiron on Brady if he works this weekend that says Brady Quinn, quarterback slash,
6: will linebacker. <laughs> Should I, just put, should I just put the neck roll on and just yes. go on TV? Do it,
7: dude. Put oh, a neck man.
6: roll on under that beautiful. I, I'm going to do on. shrugs until I puke uh, literally before we <laughs> go on
2: TV. I'm
6: like, just give me something heavy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, What's wow. wrong with the veins in his neck? Uh, don't worry about it. I've been doing shrugs since three people. Well,
7: Lavar was a cowboy collar guy, I believe uh, He was. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. made the cowboy collar famous and frightening in the college levels. Oh well, thank you. Man. It's true. It was, and you know the cowboy collar you had to put on under your pads. Yeah. So it wasn't easy to take on and put yeah. off like Brady's That's
1: neck roll, which was Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: good. Uh, get him on Twitter at the old P Petros, uh, we love you. We'll do it again next week.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.